Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the October 21st edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Jamie Turner filling in for Joe Noga, who's uh, taking a little time off. And as always, uh, the venerable veteran, or double V, uh, (laughs) of the uh, Cleveland Indians uh, beat writers, Paul Hoynes, is here. And we're going to talk game one of the World Series that was played last night. And Paul, I just want to offer... I thought I thought it was incredibly cute at the beginning of the game in which uh, Joe Buck and John Smoltz made a point of saying, you know, how wonderful the uh, the uh, Rays are for coming in. And there is such a, a threat to the Dodgers because of all those pitchers. And four hours later, it was eight to three and the Dodgers won. And it pretty much looks like they could do that every night. Yeah, that that was too easy for the game one of the World Series. I, I don't know, uh, Jamie, if they were, you know, if the Rays were just exhausted from going seven games with Houston and, uh, you know, they needed more than two days off or Kershaw was that good. But uh, that looked like a game, you know, over 162 games. That looked like, you know, a July 7th game, you know, a getaway game that, that uh, you know, the Rays showed up and really didn't show up. I was struck by the by the sense throughout the game from Tyler Glass now through the bullpen that Tampa Bay pitched to the Dodgers as if they were scared to death that something horrible was going to happen. Uh, Glass now was wild to be sure, but they were n- nobody on that team was aggressive in the strike zone. Uh, they, they were constantly nibbling. And it just got them, you know, they walked seven guys. And that's how the Dodgers scored their eight runs is, you know, you put two guys on and then get a single. Hey, you're you're off to the races. Yeah. And uh, Glassnow was, you know, he was good. The first inning was OK. He still walked a guy in the first inning. But, uh, you know, he just kind of he just he was like the guy's throwing 100 miles an hour, but he didn't know where it was going. And it's just amazing to me to see guys throw that hard. And, you know, when when it's in the strike zone, you know, it, it's really tough to hit. And but when it's not, it's kind of a waste of time. And and and, uh, you know, he just kind of you could see, you know, they they showed up those facial uh, those close ups of him, you know, and he looked very confident in the first two or three innings. And then when he got into the fourth or fifth, he was he you know, he was gas. He looked like he looked like he was sinking too much. He looked like he was struggling and. 
I mean, he just kind of lost it all of a, all of a sudden. And when and when it it was almost you, you could predict that when Cody Bellinger came to the plate, Glasnow by that point in the fifth inning was reduced to really I can throw 100 miles an hour. That's pretty much it because he couldn't throw his off speed pitches successfully. And on the first pitch, he throws 100 miles an hour, and Bellinger sends it out at 105 miles an hour. Yeah. It, it's it was you know, and then they leave, and then Kevin Cash leaves Glasnow in the man who pulled two of his best starters early in games against the Astros, both uh, Snell and Morton, pulls them when they are still in you know pitching well. Will leave Tyler Glass now in to walk a couple more guys and set up the inning that the Dodgers blew blew the game open, and uh, so that brings us to Kevin Cash, who's had a really interesting last week. Yeah, you know, against against Houston, you know, even though um, you know he pulled Snell and and Morton early. You know, that was his M.O. You know, that's the way he's managed all year. And, you know, I think even before, you know, the during the press conference uh, before game one of the World Series, he said, you know, you got to check your ego. Everybody's got to check their ego in at the door here. They might not like it, but this is the way we do things. And then he lets Glass now throw what a career high 112 pitches. So, I, you know, that was that was strange. And I don't know if he just got into a situation in that fifth inning where he needed a strikeout. He thought Glasnow was the best guy to get it, and uh, he couldn't get it. It just it just didn't happen. And then the you know the Dodgers start running their running game. You know, Mookie Betts you know gets on base and starts stealing bases, and you know they get a you know that that little in, in that little uh, ground ball to. Uh, to Yandy uh, Diaz at first, and uh, Betts gets a great jump and scores, and you know it just snowballed from there. I guess my my thought is he pulled Charlie Morton in a game seven after five and two thirds innings when Morton had only thrown sixty six pitches and was pitching a, a two hit shutout. He leaves Glass, uh, Tyler Glasnow in the game into the fifth inning with a hundred and twelve pitches, and he can't hit the strike zone. It was just, it it was so totally contrary to how he had managed the, the the games against the Astros that I I kind of, I kind of wonder if if you're not correct in that he thought my bullpen has gotten a couple of days, but needs another day. Yeah. And so I'm going to, I'm just going to leave him out there as long as I possibly can and he certainly left him out there. I mean, 112 pitches, and you're only four and a third innings in is just kind of overwhelming. And I, it, it was a it was a weird way to to manage a baseball game. I thought. Yeah, six what six walks, eight strikeouts. He gives up three hits and six runs. I mean, and uh, that. <laughs> Not not a great way to start the World Series if you're tra- if you're Glass now or 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 the uh, the Rays and um, you know thank you know maybe and maybe you know Cash is looking down the road here. It's a seven game series. They got off days, you know, unlike uh, you know the division series and uh, the uh, the the LCS series for both you know in both leagues. Maybe he's he's gauging that way, but you know you've got a 
you know, <laughs> you've got to win the game in front of you first. You know, that's that's the most important game. And, I, you know, I, I, hopefully he wasn't looking too far down the road here. He wasn't managing that way. But who knows? He may have been. I'm, I'm not sure. You know, the manager knows his team better than anybody else. So um, maybe that, you know, maybe he was looking to give his bullpen one more day. Yeah, that's certainly possible. Switching over to the Dodgers, uh, one of the more um, amusing statements of the night was when Joe Buck, I think it was during that same, uh, the five-run inning for for the Dodgers, uh, decided to uh, uh, tell us all of what a uh, great front office, you know, a keen, sharp eye of baseball talent it was, and it wasn't really up depending on a $200 million or higher uh, payroll because they got Max Muncy off the scrap heap of the Oakland Athletics. And I'm thinking, again, that's the exception that proves the rule. <laughs> Max yeah. Muncy isn't is not like everybody else in that lineup. <laughs> and it's it's uh, kind of ridiculous to make the argument, particularly when they're playing the Rays. Who's yeah. Every player on that team is like Max Muncy, with the possible exception of uh, um, uh, the rookie, um, as uh, I want to say, as arena. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Randy Azarina. Yeah, yeah. Razarina. Thank, thank. And it's and trying to depict the Dodgers as well. You know, they're really savvy. Uh, well, okay. Yeah, Let, let's see speaks. who's doing all the damage in this game: Max Muncy or Mookie Betts? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The guy you just paid over three hundred million dollars to. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, uh, yeah, the, the Dodgers, you know, they're, they're a great organization. They're stacked. You know, they've, they've and they, I think they have so much talent and they've done a good job in the draft. They also have, a you know, a ridiculous payroll. They can go out and get just about anybody they want. And, um, uh, you know, that's it, that's a good way to play baseball. I think, you know, if you're if you have that, if you if you do a good job in the draft, if you if you have an unlimited payroll, you can go go get just about any free agent you want. You can make a trade for Mookie Betts, you know, when there's no baseball, you know, basically when just before the uh, baseball gets shut down and then pay him, you know, that a 12 year deal. Um, you know, that's, that's a good way. That's, that's, you know, that's a convenient and a very good way to be a, a good general manager. Guys like Mookie Betts make you smart managers and, and smart front office guys. That being said, I don't want to make it sound like I'm not appreciating the, the Dodgers lineup because it is relentless. Um, you know, Muncie, who I think is a very strange choice as a cleanup hitter, but it's working for them. So, you know, more power to him. But Seeger is such a fantastic player. Bellinger has had ups and downs, but mostly ups in his career. And he comes up to bat and you're just thinking, well, all he's thinking about is hitting a home run. And he's not bad at trying to do that. Uh, They have two catchers that they're, you know, Will Smith is going to be, you know, according to pretty much all scouts is going to be the next great, uh, young catcher, and yet he's the DH last night because their backup catcher, who works with Kershaw, is pretty darn productive on his own right, Austin Hedges. 
it, it's a really good team and kind of reminds you that it's, you know, they got caught a lot of flack for not winning a World Series uh, with this crew, but they certainly seem like they're in great position to take care of that problem. Yeah, Jamie, I mean, what, they've won, what, seven or eight straight division titles. They've been to the World Series three of the last four years. You know, I don't care who you are. I mean, even the Yankees, you know, the as much money as their biggest as their payroll has been, you know, they haven't done that. They haven't done that in a long, long time. And, uh, you know, so to get there is, is, is hard. And, uh, so, you know, sometimes I think we put so much emphasis on the end result and, and winning that you forget how difficult it is to get there. What they had to go through a wild card. They had to go through the ND, NLDS. They had to go through, uh, um, you know, the NLCS, and you know to get to to get to the basically your fourth round of uh, you know playoffs. So it, it's difficult. And they were they pushed during the regular season? No, you know like the Rays. They I think they had the best winning percentage in baseball. And uh, but they certainly have been pushed in the postseason. Yeah, and they've and Atlanta gave them a great battle. It was just. Uh, it's, it's far too familiar to Indians fans. Three-one is not winning a series. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you got to run the bases a little better than. than oh my goodness! Too. Holy cow! <laughs> I still <laughs> don't know. I still wait, don't wait, know wait. what happened on that crazy play. The second and third, and yes. what? Nobody out, and right. they run into a double play. <laughs> well, That's I, crazy I, too. it made me wonder of the games that you saw uh, local youth baseball. Back, you know, in the early days of, of the shutdown and and you were out, every, you know, every week, talking, you know, seeing these kids play. And I'm thinking that's as bad as anything you possibly could have seen with the kids. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. that was Little League-esque. Uh, especially since the guy at third, and I can't forget, I, I can't remember who, who was going, coming home on, on the contact play. He got into a rundown long enough. For the guy to come to second base, but or mind to get to third base, but the guy kind of stopped and and froze, and then he gets he instead of going back to second, he gets comes to third and gets and he's an easy out anyways. It just that was that was too bad for the Braves because that really you know took the steam out of them. Yeah, because uh, they were they were about to take control of that game and it just kind of fell apart. Well, we will take a quick break here. Uh, would like to remind you uh, that. The this Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast is just part of our Cleveland Indians offerings, uh, which also includes subtext, which uh, gets you updates on baseball and the Indians uh, from both Paul and Joe. Uh, the subscription is just $3.99 a month, and you won't be charged until the end of your 14-day free trial. We'll be back with Paul and uh, some more Cleveland Baseball Talk after this. We are back on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast uh, with Paul Hoynes. And, Paul, you had a piece today on comparing Mookie Betts and Francisco Lindor uh, on what – it was kind of a statement of what baseball is right now. And if a, team, if a player just doesn't want to stay with the team he's at, he, there's nothing the team really can do about it. Yeah, and uh, it's just, you know, the, the Red Sox are one of the um, – 
you know, the, the richest teams in baseball, they always have a payroll that's, you know, pushing against the luxury tax about, you know, one hundred eighty to two hundred million dollars. You know, they sell out every night at Fenway. Just, you know, uh, um, you know, just a great, great franchise. And uh, now, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, with, with Mookie playing, you know, playing well in the NLCS and um, and, and, you know, and, and, you know, having a good game last night. You hear a lot of people, you know, moaning and groaning from Boston, a lot of fans saying, I hope you enjoy him, L.A. You know, this is the biggest mistake uh, the Red Sox have made since trading Babe Ruth. And, and I'm just, you know, I was just thinking, well, you know, the Indians, this is nothing new to the Indians. We're facing, you know, Indians fans are facing that same situation with uh, Francisco Lindor and they've been facing it for the last, you know, three or three years. There's been a long, you know, ramp, a long, long runway to the, to getting to this point where, you know, obviously they're going to have to trade him this winter or, you know, you bite the bullet and, and you play one more year with them in 2021 and, and let them walk. But right now it doesn't even sound like as, as, you know, according to the team, as many lost as much money as they lost during the pandemic, it, it seems shaky. They could even pay him what the 17 to 20, 17 to 20 million dollars he'd get for the 2021 season through arbitration, Jamie. So, you know, it's you know, it's it's a fact of life of baseball, but you just don't think it's going to happen to teams like the Red Sox. But it does. Yeah, there, I guess it's it kind of goes back to the idea that if you're if you're I, I've heard from a lot of people uh, I, I had a doctor's appointment and the doctor was uh, moaning about you know free agency and, and athletes and all that. And I tried to remind him, uh, well, when you came out of college with your degree, uh, were you able and out of med school, were you able to go where you wanted to go? And they would say yes. And I'd say, well, there you go. That's the difference. You get to work where you want to work and athletes do not. Now, yes, of course, there's a huge difference in money. And, that, and, and of course, that matters. But at the same time, at, you know, all of professional sports is built around the idea of if you are good enough long enough, you're going to have a chance to decide how you want to finish your career. And, you know, it's unfortunate, uh, you know, Cleveland, a perfectly great baseball town, uh, is, you know, doesn't have the, the ability to, you know, keep guys, but they've always turned them around for something pretty good. We don't know what's going to happen in the Clevenger trade long term, although Josh Naylor could have been the World Series hero the way he played for two days in the wild card. Uh, but at least the Indians have a track record of succeeding once they make trades and, and assess other teams' talent. It's just this, the pandemic is such a wild card. It's just impossible to know exactly, you know, what teams are going to be willing to give up or, you know, or what teams, you know, would the Indians be limited on players they could return back simply because they got to pay them? Yeah. I mean, I think, Jamie, we saw that with, uh, we saw that with the Clevenger deal with San Diego, the three players, they got back uh, that went to the big league roster, you know, are, are, you know, other than, you know, Austin Hedges is probably making, he was making like $3 million, but, uh, 
you know, the, the two other players, you know, are, were probably like right around the minimum. And the key players in the deal were the three prospects that, uh, you know, got sent to uh, the extended uh, or the, uh, you know, the alternate training site. So, right. yeah, that was a money. They could not take back a lot of money. And uh, they so and I think uh, the Lindor deal is going to be really interesting, whatever they depend if they do decide to trade them. Just what is what is the return? You know, that, that's that is that's a, a big, big item. And do you get do you get help for the big league roster? Right. You know, the, the Red Sox, the, the main player that they got back, at least for being able to help them, was the outfielder Alex Verdugo um, from the Dodgers. Now, whether or not that's still doable, uh, something along that line to get, you know, of course, we know the Indians could certainly use outfield help. Uh, you know, if they can get somebody like that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, how long does Alex Verdugo, he already played, he played one year with the Dodgers. So he's now a third of the way, you know, th- through his his first contract or his, his, his first six years. And so, you know, there you go again. You're going to, you know, the Indians need to have somebody that they can build around, but if you're only going to be able to build around them for three or four or five years and then that person's gone again, you know, it, it's it's really quite the challenge. Which brings us back to uh, another thought. Tampa Bay, because they're in the World Series, is going to, I'm sure, generate a lot of texts to you, Paul, about, well, see, the Indians, you know, have to be able to have to be able to succeed all the time because, you know, Tampa Bay has a worse payroll than they do, which may not be true next year. Uh and I just went back and looked since Tampa Bay had their last World Series uh, appearance in 2008. Uh, in the years since, they have finished either first or second six times. They have finished third, fourth, or fifth seven times. Uh, the Indians have that reverse. They finished in the top two, uh, which at least makes them eligible, you know, in the in the race for a wild card if they didn't get it all the time first or second seven times and third or fourth six times and they've never finished last Tampa Bay has in the same pit uh, period so let's not let's just kind of hop off the the uh, bandwagon of saying well you know Tampa Bay does everything right well the Indians have done a lot of things right too yeah they've they've really had a good run here uh Jamie and you know they have their critics obviously they you know, people say they don't go all in when they should go all in, but they've, you know, for uh, since they've what they've had eight straight winning seasons, they've been to the postseason uh, for the last five years. Um, you know, Terry Francona has has done a great job as a manager. I think uh, Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff and the rest of the front office. You know, if you could, if you take a front office job in Cleveland. And and you you know go up the ranks and you get into the position of general manager or president of baseball operations, you know there there are going to be restrictions, and uh, you know and there's I guess there's always you know a, a trade off you know you know that Paul Dolan is going to let you you know basically make make the baseball decisions, but you have to do it within uh, you know some monetary uh, parameters and and. Uh, you know, so, you know, there, there's always a trade off, but they've made this made it work. They haven't got all the, they haven't won it all. And that's what people 
hold against them, I think, you know, but they, they are, they're, you know, very competitive every year. Now this, in 2021, I'm, I'm really, I'm curious to see what they can do. If they, if they are able to put a, not just a competitive team, but a post a team that challenges for the postseason again, if they can put a team like that on the field and, you know, they've got a chance to do it with the pitching they have, um, that, that's going to be a, really a testament to them because from, from everything I'm hearing, there's, there's, you know, they lost a lot of money in the post, you know, in, in, in this past season, this, uh, because of no attendance, because of the pandemic, and uh, you know, the, and it sounds like the salary, the payroll is going to go down even more. Uh, so, how do you make that work? How many rabbits do you have to pull out of the hat to, you know, be a contender once again in the AL Central and they get to October? Is there a Randy Rosarina in the minor league yeah, system yeah. somewhere? We'll have to call St. Louis, call the Cardinals, and see if they'll trade one of their outfielders. <laughs> well, they already did with Oscar Mercado, right? But right. we 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 got the Oscar didn't play very well this past season. But uh, I mean, St. Louis has given up a lot of outfielders the last two or three years, and and they're and they played pretty well. Well, it's uh, something to. I, I I agree with you totally on the pitching. The pitching is is so good and consistent that they're going to you know they should be in an awful lot of games. But even with Lindor and you know Santana had a bad year and all that, there's you know you were exposed to an awful lot of dreadful nights at the at the plate. Yeah. And I, I'm. You know, it, it almost is the point of it, they can't really do a whole lot worse, although obviously losing Lindor, depending on what they get for him, will be a big impact. But the rest of that lineup, I, I just don't know how you could be worse than they were. Uh, they, they were like the the uh, hitless wonders, uh, White Sox back in when my dad was was growing up <laughs> in, the, in the 50s, you know, getting to a World Series and, you know, the entire team hit like 220. And yeah. this is, I, 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 it'd be really interesting if you'd like three to two, three to one ball games, <laughs> boy, get a season ticket. You know, those, those 10 to four games, I, I'm afraid, unless they're for the other team are uh, not likely to happen very much. Well, yeah, they really, we, oh, I'm sorry, Jamie. No, no, go, no, go right ahead. I'm just, I'm just saying they, they, they obviously need some help. And if you look at that infield, that was a source of, you know, that was their, they're kind of their foundation. And if Santana's gone, if Hernandez is gone and Lindor's gone, I mean, there's a lot of changes coming in there. And, you know, the outfield was obviously, you know, just the, a, the worst outfield in, in baseball as, as far as production was concerned. And, you know, that's a they got to do something with that. There's no there's no question about it. Well, on that happy note, <laughs> we'll, call, we'll call an end to this uh, day's session of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with uh, conversations about game two and, and other things that have affected the Indians. So for Paul Hoynes, I'm Jamie Turner. We'll see you next time. Okay, I, and well, did I, st- I think it's still running, but okay, let me there stop recording.